we're talking about MotoGP, MotoGP Fantasy, motorcycles, and just the general love of riding. This is Wheel to Wheel. What's up, Dakota? Not a whole lot. Just got back from North Carolina late last night. North Kakalaki? Oh, yeah. Was doing my brother-in-law's wedding there. It was super awesome. Everything went Congratulations to, to the newlyweds. Oh. Not to you. Jeez. No, they're great. <laughs> uh, big congratulations to Joshua and Allison. Uh, maybe Joshua will get to actually listen to our episodes now that, you know, the craziness of preparing a wedding is behind them. Yes, yeah, we are deep into wedding season, though. Yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, Josh is getting, or he not getting married now. He's, he's married. And then uh, my girlfriend's, I guess, sister-in-law or future-to-be sister-in-law is getting married soon. And I feel like I have a co- like more friends who are getting married. Yeah, this is a really weird stage of life. This is the time when the invitations start rolling in. Gosh, and I feel like I I'm not the kind of person that can go to everybody's wedding. So I apologize <laughs> if you're listening to this and I said no. <laughs> it's not personal. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. I I'm you know some people they say yes to too many things. I'm just not that person. I'm perfectly comfortable with saying no. I'm sorry. I oh can't make that. Oh my goodness gracious. Well, here's what you don't want to say no to, and that's Morton's BMW. No, you do not. <laughs> Morton's BMW is the sponsor for our fantasy league this year. They are kicking in a $50 gift card to the winner of our league, uh, which currently I think is, I forgot the name, Mia Culpa. Yeah. And so... Currently, that would be who would win the $50 gift card if they can hold on to that number one spot the entire season. But Morton's is an awesome spot here in Fredericksburg. One of the best motorcycle dealerships I've ever been in. They got a lot of cool motorcycles. They got a great staff who make you feel like you're a part of the family there. Hope you get a chance to stop by there. If you are from out of town and you uh, win the league, uh, they do have online, and you can order stuff through there, if I'm not mistaken. But the bummer is that you won't get to meet the staff and uh, all that stuff. So if you're not from super far away, it's worth the trip in. Morton's BMW, we appreciate those guys over there. Thanks, Jeff. Hope that you guys get a chance to swing by there, and whoever wins, you're winning a good one. <laughs> all right, we're talking about Jerez Review. So You know, I still remember... Saying like, man, I hope we don't win our own fantasy thing. It's our own podcast. I don't think that we're really in. Oh, we have no chance. No chance at the moment. Uh, But if the comeback starts right now, in Jerez, yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Honestly, I, I, I just don't know anymore. Well, so here's what's funny about you saying that is that a lot of the teams, i.e., you've got Aprilia, you've got Fabio with Yamaha, and you've got KTM. Notice how you said Fabio with Yamaha, not Yamaha. Right. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Franco. But the thing is, is all three of those are saying that Jerez is the point where we're going to get our really get our stuff going here. Things are going to start rolling here because Fabio's really good at Jerez. Aprilia has typically been very good at Jerez, and Jack Miller and uh, Bender are both looking at. We started out strong. We've got some hiccups, but maybe we can put it all together at Jerez. <laughs> I mean. I have no idea who's going to win this. I think Fabio has a really good shot because I know he's really good here. Um, Pecco is also very, very good here. He holds yeah. several records, speed, lap time. Fabio holds a couple records here. We're going to get into all this soon, but it's going to be a wild weekend. It's <laughs> going to be a wild one. This The sprint races really does change the tempo. It, oh, man. And I, we, we we probably sound like a broken record because I think the last few episodes we've talked about the sprint races, but I think like just like last week, I mean sprint races. What did we say? Twelve or thirteen people finished. That was in the main race. Only thirteen finished. Yeah. So I mean, I I don't I have no idea who's going to even survive <laughs> this next <laughs> main race. Yeah, I've kind of gotten used to. I don't like it as much still but I've gotten used to the flow of the weekend now and I've gotten used to kind of my expectations which you're gonna see in my picks it's very different this time around because I've thought a little more about it based on how I've seen things happening over the last few races but before we get into all that we got to talk about the track this is a crazy track it is uh, in Spain here's the thing it's 2.74 miles long. That's 4,423 meters. So it's a pretty average length track, but the kicker 
is this sucker is narrow. We've got 11 meters to work with here. Things like Coda are 15. <laughs> you know, this is not a wide track. And that, to me, is scary when it comes to the sprint race, even when it comes to the main race. But the sprint race in particular, how we've seen people just absolutely just gunning as hard as they can to get <laughs> get up there. It's a little scary. That that first turn is making me nervous. But Is this the one that Zarco and Franco Morbidelli got wrapped up at? I'm not sure. It might have been. I remember there was actually, it was one of the few times you see Valentino Rossi come off the track and actually look terrified because, <laughs> I mean, he had actual burn marks on his neck. Oh, yeah. Because they got wrapped up at the straightaway and the bike flipped and literally Maverick Vinales and he, the bike just went whoop, right yes, between them. I think this is that, yeah. And the oil, I mean, like it was hot. And I mean, it literally, if Valentino Rossi had just been like two feet forward lost his head he would have been dead yeah and he actually had these burn marks on his neck because the fuel went by so fast and it was so hot it just it literally burned him on the way by and it was like <laughs> gone so it well, is that 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 turn is very scary it, speaking of turns there are eight right corners and there are are five left corners in this track and the last corner of the of the track is like a historic spot where lots of passing happens lots of last minute victories happen oh, yeah. so it's going to be exciting the longest straight is not really that long it's not super long it's only 0.3 miles so uh, it's not one of the longer ones at 607 meters. We're not looking at a, you know, coda length straight. Hey, it's still longer than Vin Diesel's attention span because he only lives his life one quarter mile at a time. <laughs> oh, man. So here's the thing. With that information, you would think that the Ducati, historically speaking, would not be good here. So, But that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, I was looking at something... Funny enough, on TikTok, and um, Simon Crafar is actually breaking down why the bikes do performance differently. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking about aero and the inline four, but what the thing he talked about with the engines was their placement and how the weight, the V4, centers a lot of the weight in the back, and that's why they're able to get so much drive and why historically they haven't done so well turning the bike. Because all the weight in the back, it makes slowing down on the front wheel. But the arrow is pushing the front down. The arrow is allowing them to yeah. go faster. So I think, you know, when he was breaking that down, you know, all the comments were basically saying that you take the arrow off that Ducati, and oh. it really will. Well, and that's the thing. There could be a massive rule change come, I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago, in 2027? No. It's not that far out. Maybe 2025. I can't remember. There's a rule book change of up up-to-date happening in the next few years and if they remove a bunch of arrow ducati's gonna tank until they can figure it out i mean and I someone mark's like, gonna come back in and just absolutely start <laughs> well i was gonna say again. someone like like mark marquez on a honda that's struggling with the arrow or a yamaha who is struggling with the arrow oh man <laughs> <laughs> you'll see a flip if the aerodynamic rules you might actually start back. looking like an old school, you know, MotoGP where Yamaha and Honda are reigning again. Yeah, I don't think that it'll ever go away, but it would be really cool if they dialed it back to maybe where we were in 2019-ish. That yeah. would be, I think that that was probably some of the best. That was one of the best balances. But we got to talk about 2022, actually. We got to talk about who won in Jerez last year. So I'm going to give you the top 10 because... When we're thinking about fantasy and who we're going to pick this week and who we're going to pick for our winners and all of that thing, you kind of need more than just the top three. So we're going to give you the top ten from last year's race. In first place, Pecco Bagnai. And he did it not by – it wasn't like he won by like five seconds. He won by two-tenths of a second. <laughs> you know, yeah. so this was a tight race. Second place, Fabio Quattararo. He was really giving it the beans, too. Yeah, I mean, this was a really good race last year. Third place, Aleish Esperargo. And then fourth place, Mark Marquez. This is in 2022 hurt Mark Marquez. Correct. This is where everybody's been ragging on him for, for a while, saying, I don't know, he might not have it anymore. And he pulls one out in fourth place. This is like... Post-surgery, 
maybe not like I can't remember if he had any more surgeries after this. But I mean, <laughs> he's messed up at this point and he hasn't had nearly as much time to recover as he had now in 2023. Right. So, when people are kind of giving up on Mark Marquez, I mean, I've I've kind of yeah, given up on Yeah, this is still ways. twisted arm Marquez. Yeah, so he's I mean, fourth place, that's absolutely giving it the beans for someone in his con- condition. Yeah. Then we got fifth place with Jack Miller. Sixth place, Juan Mir. Seventh place, weird, Takanakagami. Eighth place, Inea Bastianini. Ninth place, Marco Bedzecki. And then tenth place, Brad Bender. <laughs> All right, so. I'm going to start calling him Tickle. Because <laughs> he's like, he's not always winning races, but he's just like, he's there enough where you're like, oh, like, oh. I know you're there. He's always there. <laughs> What's interesting about this is that you had the three top contenders in the top three of yeah. this race. First, second, third, Fabio, Pecco, and Aleish. But then you had Mark Marquez kind of weirdly messing things up there. Yeah, I mean, you just put Marquez in the pack, and he's going to mess up people's game plan yeah, which, every time. Which is something we got to kind of consider this, this year is that in this next race— I think Anaya is going to be back. He was testing the bike. He was on the bike on a track. Yeah, there's two more riders that we still don't really know what they're. So Anaya should be on the track. Yeah, I haven't heard anything saying that Mark will not be there at this point. This is <laughs> Monday before the race. That could change because they wait until like Thursday to tell us things. But at this point, it looks like Mark Marquez is going to be racing in Jerez. And we know he's not bad here. So it's kind of making you wonder what you're going to pick. Who's going to win? How's it going to go? But you also have Fabio coming off of a really good, his best performance of the season so far with a third-place podium. You've got Pecco, who is all in his head now because he's crashed out of two main races. But this is a really good track for him. So what the heck is going to happen? Dude. We are set up for something beautiful with Aleish, who struggled half of the weekend this past weekend Aprilia wants to get back on top but then you've got this this dude on the RNF Aprilia coming in with Oliveira might shake things up Maverick Alex Rins who just came off of winning and and Alex he's gonna feel good and he said I'm gonna keep my feet on the ground here we are gonna make this happen so who the heck knows what's gonna happen I don't think we've had a single race this season where we actually feel like we know what's going on I feel like 2022 I feel like I pretty much had that season pegged I mean from the beginning I was like except for in fantasy you were terrible last year I didn't update my team (laughs) last year I will say Mark Marquez was on my team for like half the season and he wasn't even riding for half the season so we'll say that, but um, I mean, my predictions were pretty accurate. Uh, you know, I said Fabio is probably going to not do so well in the second half of the season. And I think that that you know his he just really struggled with that bike. But this season, it's really like anybody's. No well, one has pulled away yet. Well, especially with Anaya being uh, eighth place last year, and he got better as the season progressed. That gives you an idea. If he's on the track, even though he's coming back and he'll have to shake off some cobwebs, he might be really good because he was good at this track last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen? It's going to be crazy, and I'm really excited to see it. I am terrified that there's going to be a lot of crashes and somebody's going to get hurt because of how narrow this track is. Yeah. There's just not a lot of room. And we've seen how aggressive. I do predict someone's season getting postponed a little bit by the end of this weekend. I mean, we've seen how aggressive the riders are. Yeah. This year, and I mean, I'm just—I know how aggressive Fabio's been, and I just really don't want him to crash. <laughs> What's interesting, though, is someone else that's really aggressive that we would think would be good here was not good here last year. Jorge Martin. He was in like last place. He was in twenty second. I don't know what happened last year. I'm assuming he crashed and got back on the bike. <laughs> but Joanne Zarco crashed out of this race last year. Darren Bender looked at the bike and it flew off the track, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then Stefan Brottle was in for whatever reason and crashed. So there were three crashes in this race last year. I'm assuming Jorge. You know, Darren Bender crashed more times than there were races last year. Yes. 
<laughs> I assume that Jorge crashed and got back on the bike, and that's why he finished last. He could also just have problems with his bike. I mean, yeah. that, that kind of stuff ha- unfortunately happens quite often. But it makes me not have a clue what he's going to do this weekend because I have him on my fantasy team, <laughs> yeah. and I need to know what he's going to do, and I don't. So, Unfortunately, I will say with the championship standings that we are at now, someone like Mark Marquez, I don't even know how hard he's going to be pushing it. Because he is like fifty points behind. And it's while sprint racing, you're here. Let me let me help a, you. It's a double edged sword, because on one hand you can make up points twice as fast, but that also means all your competitors, when you miss, are getting points. We twice as fast. we learned a long time ago that he doesn't really think about the points. <laughs> I mean, he he was like hundreds of points ahead in 2019. And he still was going for first place when he definitely didn't have to. That is true. He could have quit racing for like the last four races. And he was still gunning for first place every single time. (laughs) So I don't think that he's worried about the points. He just wants to win a race. So That's true. All right. Well, let's get into our picks here. Because we got to give some fantasy advice and a few other things before (laughs) we're done. I think think our... uh our um, listeners need to start giving us some advice. Yeah. <laughs> well, here is my sprint. So we started with you last time. So I'll give you my sprint race picks. I'm going to start in third place and then go to first place. In third place, I think that Alex Marquez is going to take third in the sprint race. He did well last year. I think he was in 12th or 13th place. As long as he can keep it in. Uh, Yeah, he was in... 13th place last year and that was on a bike that he wasn't great on he is really yeah no one's great on that (laughs) he's really good on the on the ducati and he's coming off of a rough weekend but he still has some momentum knowing that he's good on the bike so i think that he has potential to do really well i think he's going to take third place he's definitely going to be in the top 10 in the sprint race uh second place i'm calling fabio i think he's got a lot to gain this weekend and i think he's going to be really going for it so I got him in second place for the sprint, and thir- first place, I'm throwing a wild one in here, Jack Miller. Dude, I mean he's he's always a shot. I mean he's always a shot. He was fifth place here last year. He has shown some some shiny stuff on that KTM this year already. I mean if he doesn't crash, he could win. It's like a fifty-fifty. So I'm thinking maybe, yeah, I'm I'm taking a shot on Jack Miller to win the sprint race. I mean, honestly, though, I will say, in normal season previous years, you had your safe picks. You know, Valentino Rossi. Right. You don't have any this year. Jorge Lorenzo. You know, maybe previously Fabio Quartararo. Now I feel like with the sprint races and with our current lineup, there is not really a safe pick. I mean, Pecco who you could say has has been the safe pick most of the time and crashes under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your sprint picks? My sprint picks are Pecco in third. Um and then I think cuz I think he's going to try and push, but I also feel like he needs and he, honestly at this point in the championship he needs to not push himself. And I think he honestly just needs to settle for second and third, fourth. I don't know. I wouldn't mind him pushing. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, then he probably won't do well. <laughs> that is true. Um, Jorge Martin, I think he's potentially going to get second. Okay. Um, I mean, that would be good for me. Sprint races. That's has that's been his forte. Um, he's done well too in um, this season so far. Yeah, when he doesn't cr- take out my other fantasy writer, Alex Marquez. <laughs> that was in the main race, though. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. But I do have Alex Marquez winning um, the main race. Oh, so you're you're calling uh, his first victory here on the Ducati on the sprint race? Yeah, that's true. Um, which it's not the same. <laughs> he hasn't always done well in the qualifying, so mm. that's the only reason why I'm you know I'm I'm doubting my my pick for first just because it's really hard I think to recover if you don't qualify well in the sprint. I feel like the sprint is basically a points based qualifying. Sure. Um. Not 100% because you can still crash. With obstacles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Called people. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's who I have picked for my sprint race. All right, well, let's move on to the main race then. Third place, I'm calling Pecco for third. As much as I don't want to, I 
can't deny that he's he is good. So I think that he'll probably come in with third place. I'm actually pulling out Aleish Esperargo for second place. I think that I think that of the two, he's most likely uh, between Maverick and him to actually pull it together. And he has shown that he's still really good. I think that he can put it together here because he's good at this track. Yeah. I think Miguel Oliveira could be good, but I don't think he's going to get a podium. You know what I mean? And so I'm calling Aleish well, for second. If Mark's riding this weekend, too, he might be a little wigged out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. He's going to see, like, at some point in that race, they're going to put out the sign. They're going to see, like, 93s behind him. He's going to slow down. <laughs> and he's just going to be like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> And then first place, I'm going my heart a little bit here. I'm calling Fabio to win. Um, I'm I'm saying that he's going to put it together and get a podium on the sprint and get a first place spot on the top step for the race on Sunday. I mean, I would I would not mind seeing Fabio win. That's going to mean that he has to qualify on the front row. In order to do that, I think that he almost has to qualify on the front row. <laughs> As you know, at the very least, the second row. I think if he's third row, or you know, I think that that's when he, it starts getting real iffy whether or not he can do it. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I want to happen, and then I'll tell you what I think will happen. What I want to happen is someone like Jack Miller, Alessia Sparago, Mark Marquez, people who are not in the top 10. I want to be doing really, really well this weekend because what I want to see happen in this championship, and this has nothing to do with fantasy, but I do really want, because of the sprint racing, everything to get even closer. So that way by the midpoint or halfway at the end of the season, it's like we're actually like any man can win right? by that last race. That's what I want to have happen. What I actually think will have happen is I think Fabio will get third. I think he's really, really good here. Um, but I think the Yamaha is still going to cause him to struggle, uh, you know, a good a good chunk. I think Marco Bezecchi will get second. Interesting. Um, and I think he's going to probably push for second because he wants to hold on to his championship lead. When he was in ninth place last year, so as a rookie, so he came in showing like he can ride this track and he can ride that bike. Yeah. And we've seen definitely that he can ride that bike. <laughs> yeah, and he tends to go off and on between races. And so I think last race wasn't his best. You know, he'd won the race before that. Yeah. So I think it's it'll, it'll either be this race or the following race that he'll do really well in again, and then he'll not do so well. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did really, really well. I also think he's probably going to push himself because I think Peko will potentially get first in this race. Mm. And so, as much as I don't want to see that happen, he did win last year. And I think that's going to affect Marco. Marco's, I mean, they're the two competing for first place in the championship right now. If Pecco's up there in the front, he's going to want to at least be there because he wants to hold on to that lead. Right. Um, So, that's kind of how I see it going down. Only thing that I could think I could see changing is if someone like Marquez gets up there in the main race and... Just I mean, messes everything up. I think if Mark Marquez gets up in the top three, it's a huge if. If he's up there with everybody else, then my top three will completely change. Because if Mark Marquez is by Pecco, Pecco's going to either crash or he's going to really slow down. I don't think Pecco can handle... He couldn't handle Alex Renz's pressure. <laughs> yeah. Mark Marquez's pressure is not pressure. Well, and that's He's the, actually like poking you. That's the other thing with Fabio. I think if Fabio is on the tail of Pecco, I think Pecco's very likely to crash too because Fabio was the guy he was competing against last year. Right. You know, and I think Fabio's riding more aggressive than he's ever ridden. Oh yeah. And he's good. And I think that that was, is going to freak Pecco out if he's on his tail. What I would really like to see happen is Mar- Marquez, Fabio, and Pecco, the three of them duke it out. That would be fun. <laughs> That'd be stressful. <laughs> so, all right. So those are our picks. We will review those after the race and see how bad we really did. Let's move on to our fantasy. Top fantasy pickups for this week. We're going to start with constructors, and then we're going to move through. So prices have changed. Uh, They have been updated for different things, which is important to know. 
and important to look at when you are considering your picks. Because the prices change, that means if you had something that was a little cheaper and has improved, which has happened with several riders, you might have a little bit more salary cap space. You can sell one of those less good riders and maybe pick up a better constructor or something like that. So I think that we've got to acknowledge something when it comes to the constructors. Ducati is only $2.6 million. They're not the most expensive constructor right now. Wait, who is? I think Yamaha is. <laughs> Yamaha and Honda are both 2.9. Yeah, so Honda and Yamaha are both 2.9 and Ducati is 2.6. That is ridiculous. Why? I am not sure other than the fact that... They just haven't gotten. I mean, it's weird because they've gotten the most points. They've, because they have eight as bikes. a constructor, they've gotten 113 points, where Yamaha has gotten 61, and Honda has gotten 57, and Aprilia has gotten 71, and KTM has gotten 75.2. So here's the thing: they have gotten the most points i think it's a little ridiculous that they are not the most expensive constructor i mean uh, honda and yamaha that have only scored less points than literally all the other teams but yamaha only has two bikes i know that's the worst pick that you can put on your fantasy <laughs> unless fabio and franco win but literally the, the team yamaha is exactly the same as the yamaha team because there's no other bike correct so here's the thing. I think that if you can swing it, obviously getting Ducati is the best choice. KTM now, would not be a bad pick. I was going to say the sneaky pick of the week for your constructor would be KTM because both Jack Miller and Bender were top 10 last year, and they both are coming off of you know, some good and some bad. So they're going to want to put it together well here. So I think that you're looking at KTM boys probably both being in the top 10. Uh, I would not be surprised Which is going to give you a nice little bump in your points if you got KTM. And they are the cheapest constructor at 2.1 million. 75 points. Even though they are, uh, they've got more points. They are second in points. Yet they are the cheapest one. It makes no sense. The only way I can see this being a thing is maybe they're saying, well, they've had more bikes crash, which is true because Yamaha has only had Fabio crash once, and then KTM has had several crashes throughout the the races. I mean, Jack crashed six times last week, <laughs> but Ducati has had a lot of crashes because they got a lot of bikes. You know what I mean? So I don't know how they're figuring that out, but it is weird. It is interesting, too, because when they have the list of number of riders, um, Honda has five, Ducati's got nine, KTM has five. It's four, four, and eight because yeah. they're including the test riders. Right. Well, well, because they've been riding. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they haven't been scoring. Yeah, true. Well, <laughs> last week everyone scored, so. But was any of them test riders? I don't think they were. I don't I, know if any of them finished. <laughs> I'm pretty sure last week all the test riders I'm also just saying, crashed. If you made it across the line, you you got points last race. The MotoGP, like all the teams, were probably like, "Dude, you had one job. Just finish the race." Yeah. Well, okay. So here's the thing. The other, the other, you know, constructor that I think would be a really, really good pickup if you don't already have them is Aprilia. They have a lot of points. They've they've uh, accumulated 71 points. They are third overall. They're really close to KTM. They only cost 2.3 million, but you get four bikes. You know, I know you get four with KTM as well, but you get four bikes that are that in three of which you've got a really good shot at seeing them actually get points. You've got M Miguel Oliveira, who's really good. You've got Aleish, and you've got Maverick. I think between the three of them, there's they're going to put something together this weekend, and yeah. you'll get some good points out of them. Maybe not the most, but you'll get some good points out of them. So I think that those are the three that I would lean to, just, just for the sole fact that Yamaha and Honda are crazy expensive and a complete and total gamble. Oh, my gosh. Now, Fabio going into this race, you 
unless he crashes, you're pretty much guaranteed points. But at the same time, like you've got to contend with the fact that that isn't that's averaged with Franco, who might be an 18th. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it kind of shoots you in the foot a little bit because of Franco. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to me because Yamaha is 2.9, and you have one rider that might do really, really well. Yeah. He's consistent, but there's one person. Yeah. It's like showing up to a gunfight with one bullet. And the other one has a whole clip, or a magazine, <laughs> rather. Or no, maybe two, but one's a dud. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the teams because this is kind of similar, but we have learned the team has kind of just thrown my whole, like, outlook on fantasy it makes off. it hard to manage the money it makes it really challenging but i'm starting to kind of figure Pramic it out is a what bit. They, they hosed me so my team value actually went down so Yikes. um my team value right now i have two hundred thousand dollars remaining salary but my team value is at 14.4 yeah my team value only went down one like a hundred grand so i'm still okay but it that that hundred the, the team value does not include the remaining salary. Oh, does it not? No. Oh. So, like for instance, fourteen point four, because I think that's the team. Well, value. then mine is exactly the same. Okay. <laughs> so my team value is fourteen point four plus the two hundred thousand. So that means I'm four hundred thousand dollars less than what I think I was. Yeah, I'm at fifteen million still. So well, that's cool. Mine has not changed. Pramic Ducati is what I think hosed me. Because they went down in value. Yeah. That is pretty rough. Uh, but here's the thing. There's a few that went up in value. Like Grassini. Grassini went up. They were 1.9. Now they're 2.1. And that's because Alex Marquez has been so good. And Digi actually has gotten some points. You know what? I, I kind of just blew him off. He's actually a really cool guy. You know one of his helmets that he wore is actually an ode to Ken Block? Really? He's got this the brain helmet that he has that was Ken Blocks. I was like, that looks kind of familiar. I feel like I've seen that design before. And then I looked at his Instagram, and he's all like, oh, yeah, Ken Block was a huge role model of mine. And I was like, well, you pulled on my heartstrings. I like you. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to put you on my fantasy team, <laughs> but I like you. Well, so here's the thing. I think that Grassini being one of the cheaper options, the Gas Gas team is the cheapest, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're 1.7. I don't really know what they're going to do for you. Augusto Fernandez being a rookie, he has shown a little bit of promise, but he's only going to get like one point. And then pole being out means that you've got a, a sub-in rider, which typically doesn't do well unless their name is Cal Crutchlow. Um, <laughs> so I don't think that that's a great choice unless you just don't have any money. You've got like banger choices on all of your riders and you've got – Yamaha or Honda is your constructor. So you, all you've got is 1.7 left. So you're just going to pick them. But Grassini is a good pick because they're cheap. And Alex Marquez, though he struggled last week, I think is going to do really well. Well, he struggled last week because A, he threw up in his helmet, and right. B, he got taken out by Jorge Martin, who also was sicker than a dog. So you know? <laughs> I, mean, I feel like, you know, I've seen some people criticize his performance, and I'm like, no, right, you I, go 200 miles an hour yeah. and throw up in your helmet and tell me how you do. I wouldn't criticize his performance, uh, but he did well here last year on a bike that he wasn't super comfortable on. So I think that he's got potential to do really well, as well as Digi has shown some promise. So maybe Grassini being cheap allows you to have a little leeway in, in getting a better rider on your team. You know, So I think that's a good option. The next best thing, and probably overall the best choice, is Mooney. Yeah. The I mean, reason, Luca Marini and Marco Bozzecchi are they're pretty consistent. Well, they have the most points so far as a team. They've been the most consistent team so far. I love that. So they have uh, accumulated 79.7 points, which is more than anyone else. The next closest... I think is actually Pramac, which was 67 points. You know what I would I would love to see is the Mooney team score more than the fa the factory team by the end of the season. Just because that would be the biggest like, hey, stick it to the man. Well, the reasoning would come out that the Mooney boys had both the riders and factory didn't. However, what's weird is, again, we're talking about these teams, and I, I wonder if this has to do with the fact that they're a satellite team versus a uh, versus a factory team. 
KTM, who doesn't have as many points as Mooney, is more expensive. They're 2.5, where Mooney is 2.3. Even though Mooney has almost 80 points and KTM has only accumulated 55. Then you've got someone like Grassini, who has 57 points, also more than KTM, and they're only 2.1. So you could spend 2.5 million on KTM or 2.1 million on Grassini, and you're getting the same thing. That's very fair. You know what I mean? So it's really weird. So it makes sense to not go with something like the Red Bull KTM, which seems flashy and cool to get. But then you've got Repsol Honda. It's $2.5 million, and they only have 19 points. <laughs> Why are they two point? They should. They have less points than Gas Gas. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Think about that. They have less points than Gas Gas, who has a rookie on it and a sub-in rider. I mean, come on. Why are they $2.5 million? It's absurd. I mean, did we we had one week. I can't remember. So we, I know we had a sub for Mark Marquez. Did we also have a sub for Juan Mir one week or no? Uh, he was out. I don't know if they put someone in for him, though. Because it would have been really funny if they had two test riders <laughs> on on the factory Honda. Which yeah, was, I think. Stefan Brottle was in. Which is funny because he's paid more than most of these MotoGP riders. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, so. The team choices, RNF Aprilia might be a good choice too because of Miguel Oliveira, and they're only $2 million. Wow. So they're cheaper than Grassini. And you're essentially getting them for one rider because I think the other is Raul Fernandez. Yeah. But. Who's not doing great. He's not doing great, but Oliveira's not doing bad. That is one rider that I was very wrong about. I really, for some reason, I thought Raul Fernandez was going to do really, really well. I thought he was going to come in. I thought he was going to get himself figured out because he did pretty well in Moto2. And I feel like it's not always the Moto2 rider that wins everything that comes over and does really well in MotoGP. Sometimes it's the guy that's in second, third, and yeah. then he just figures it out on the MotoGP bike. I would have preferred Remy Gardner stay over Raul Fernandez. Oh, gosh. I'm still so mad that he's the one that got kicked out. I mean, yeah. that's so dumb. So, But back to the team choice, I think that RNF Aprilia being $2 million, again, this is a choice that you make so that you can have a better rider. shot at the other at your riders or a better constructor. Uh, you're gonna get two million, and you're gonna get Oliver, who's gonna do pretty good, and Raul might get into the points, which you know just helps a little bit. But it's to move around and have a little bit more financial space. But I think your best possible choice is Mooney, and then if you want a pretty good opportunity on a cheap one it's Grassini you know I think it, that would be my opinion on the, the the team situation because they just seem to have made weird choices as far as the values there uh, but let's talk about riders because this is the real important stuff <sighs> okay <laughs> this is really weird but I'm going to lump in three riders together that you might not think should be together Augusto Fernandez, Zarco, and Digi. They all went up in value, which is great if you had them on your team. For instance, trade if, up time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if you had Pecco and you got Fabio on your team, both of them. So that meant that your silver team was just the worst, right? And you had these lower tier riders. And now your value is actually higher because you got those. So maybe now you can trade. I mean, Zarco is, these are guys that are not going to be on top the whole season. So you got to get them while you can. You got to sell while they're high so that you can get someone better. Maybe you're trying to get someone like a Brad Bender, but you're just short. But now your value just went up a couple hundred K. So now you can swap them out. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Augusto, Zarco, and Digi all had their values raised. I mean, a lot of riders had it go up, but those are three that I think are not going to stand the test of the season, so it might be wise to capitalize on your gains now. You yeah. Know? I, I'm, I'm doing the opposite of capitalizing on my gains. <laughs> I'm dealing with my loss. Yeah. Well, let's speak of, speaking of loss, Pekka went down in price. Are we surprised? 
I mean, yeah, a little bit, but <laughs> just because I, you know, nobody expected did him Ducuti, to crash did Ducuti, multiple uh, times. Ducuti, <laughs> jeez. Did Ducati? Did they sue um, Dorna for making Petco's price go down? <laughs> no, but you know he he's probably secretly crying about it and right. gonna post about how you know it wasn't his fault that his value went down. It was the bike spot. It's it's too stable. It's too it's too good. <laughs> Our team is too good. That's why my value went down. Uh, you know, if I was like if his head mechanic, I'm like I can take off like one of the wings, <laughs> make it harder for you if that makes it easy. Well, here's the thing. He now costs less than Fabio. I think he costs less than Mark Marquez. No, Mark is at three million. Pecco is still at three point three. Okay. Uh, but that's still significant that he has went down, which means that. He might be in reach now if you want to make some drastic moves like dropping your team down to someone like Aprilia or even Gas Gas so that you can free up the space to get someone like Pecco. Maybe that's something you want to try and do because you know that he is not like someone like Augusto or Digi or Zarco. He's probably going to stand the test of the whole season and be a contender for the title the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you had the opportunity, his value just went down. If he wins a race, guess what? It's going to go up. So <laughs> you got to get him while he's low. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then sneaky pick time. Jack Miller. My sneaky pick for the team or for the constructor was KTM. My sneaky pick for the rider is going to be Jack Miller. Here's why. He went down in value too. And that's a good thing because he's going to get better. He's down to 2.4, which means he's accessible. You can actually get Jack Miller without it being like, wow, why am I spending this much money on Jack Miller? Yeah. Uh, so I think that being that Jack Miller was in, what, fifth place last year, and he has the opportunity to come back strong. I mean, he's done a lot better on this KTM than we all thought he would. Exactly. It's actually his performance on this KTM is not too dissimilar from Ducati. Yes. I mean, he's gotten a seventh place finish, a sixth place finish, and then he crashed last week. But if he gets seventh or sixth place, that's a great finish for him. You know what I mean? And I think that he has the potential to be a top five in this race because he's good at this track. So I think that Jack Miller, being that he dropped 200K, he's 2.4 now, I think it opens up a, a kind of a cool sneaky window to get a rider that will perform for you but isn't going to break your bank. You know what I mean? Right. And then, best value. There's two riders this time. The best value every single week so far that we've talked about is Alex Marquez. That remains the same. Even though Alex Marquez has went up 200000 he's still only $2.2 million, which makes no sense to me. He should be more than that at this point, I think. I guess they're just not wanting to assume too much, but he's been really good so far. So he is still only $2.2 million. That's a steal for someone who, you know, we can assume is definitely going to be in the top five this, this time around, maybe podium as, you, as you've predicted, uh, right. maybe even a win for the sprint <laughs> race, you know. So we'll see what happens. But also best value I think is Luca Marini who I believe cost the same amount or just a little bit less. Luca Marini costs 2.2. So they are exactly the same. Luca Marini has had a really, really strong season. Not quite as strong. Well, actually, it's about exactly the same as Alex Marquez so far. So Luca had, he had a miss, mess up and he crashed first race. Then he got an eighth place finish. Not great, but then he got second place last week. You know right. what I mean? So he's been relatively consistent where Alex Marquez had a fifth place, a third place, and a crash. So if I'm going to pick one, if I can only pick one, I'm probably going to lean towards Alex Marquez because he has finished better more consistently. And Luca Marini is a little inconsistent. I mean, he's not quite as close. Like third and fifth is closer than second and eighth. That's true. You know, so... But they're both really, really good values. Like, really good. Yeah. So, I think that they're they're my best value pick. I do pre predict that Alex Marquez will stay better longer. I just feel like, I mean, watching him in, in qualifying, I don't think he's the best. 
when it comes to qualifying or putting in a hot lap. Yeah, Luca is actually, I think, better than him at that. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I think when it comes to watching his like race IQ, I, I do think that's where he excels. Agreed. Uh, he's really good at tire conservation. You don't really see him just drop out at the end of a race. So he's pretty, I mean, he's able to push and hold it for the entirety of the race. And that's one thing that I feel like you don't see very often, even in the Ducati riders. I mean, it's not uncommon for them to get kind of ahead and then the pace start to drop off yeah. towards the Unless end. Unless your name is Zarko this year. Dude's a freak of nature. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, we're in the last five laps of the race. I think I'll set my best lap records here, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, you see Alex Marquez, he gets up to the front, and he just stays there if he can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think if he could improve his qualifying, he would be actually a much bigger threat. And you'd probably be saying different things, but yeah. I think his qualifying is definitely holding him back. Yeah, I think he'll get there, though. It's just going to take – that might even be a little bit of comfortability on the bike still. So That's fair. I think he'll probably get there, so he's going to take a little more time. So let's talk about the wild card. Wild card of this week has got to be Mark Marquez. You know, I will say, you know, you could say he should be left – I mean, like, if it wasn't Mark Marquez, if this was literally anybody else – his value would be way lower with the amount of time that he spent on. He's got seven points this season. Yeah, they're they're basing this too much on his history and not this season. Which that's I think one is of the, smart. That's one of the things I don't love about this is I wish that they would base it on the season alone. But when it comes to your, like your big-time riders, even, even someone like Fabio, he probably should have went down a little bit more than he – but then they increased him because he got a podium. But he actually hasn't done amazing so far this season. Not enough to grant, to merit having $3.6 million be your cost. Yeah. Just like Mark Marquez hasn't been on the track. Therefore, he definitely should not cost $3 million. I think part of the reason why they do that is because they know if they drop his value down to what like Takanakagami would be or anybody else that with who has not raced this much i think part of the reason why they leave his value up is because if you go and you get mark marquez and fabio and peco because you dropped him down too much then if he does do well and he doesn't take out miguel Oliveira again then you could have a very very stacked team and i, I, think I mean that's fair if it, i think if he comes back this next race and takes out miguel Oliveira again his value, I would be very surprised if it plummeted. But I think they want to make it hard to take that risk. I, okay, I, I can get down with that. I agree. And I think that that's probably the same reason that Anaya has not dropped at all. He's still $3.2 million and he hasn't even been on the track yet. <laughs> so, you know, I that, think... That part's weird to me that he's going to be worth more than Mark Marquez. Well, it's because he was a top three, you know, in the championship last year. That's true. And he's on a factory Ducati. That's also f- <laughs> we, I mean, that's one thing I'm interested to see is because we literally have no idea how Mark Marquez and Anaya Bastianini are going to do. They're, they're two people that if they were absolutely to just blow the paint off everybody else. Anaya was actually a favorite for the championship. Well, here's the thing. is If they come in and they do really, really well, there's two things that are going to happen. One, they're going to start scoring points now two times a weekend. Yep. Which means somebody's getting less points. Yeah, that's my <laughs> second point, is that if, if they're getting points, then that means Pecco, Fabio, Marco Bezecchi, all these other riders are going to be getting less points. Yeah. So that could be – that could make a big – wow. Yeah. Yeah. So Mark Marquez is my wild card pick. Uh, if you can afford him, I mean, like you've said you, – I think you said it last episode. He's like a silver bullet. If, if he's going to do it, it he's going to do it and you've made the greatest decision you could have made, or is it going to be just bad? And it's going to be like my 2022 fantasy team. <laughs> yeah. So He's going to come back, guys, I promise, and then just you know, does it. Yeah. So, Mark Marquez, my wild card pick. I think Anaya is too expensive to gamble on right now. 3.2, I, there's no way I would do it. I, I, I think that everybody just needs to see what Anaya is going to do after his shoulder injury and all that. I will say, I think Mark Marquez, this is not the race that Mark Marquez is going to do well in. Because I will say, he came back really hard the first race of the season, but he got hurt in the first main race, and now I think he's, if you're going to see Mark Marquez just kind of settle for ninth place, this will be the race that he does it. Sure. But I still, I can guarantee 
Okay, I won't guarantee, but I would not be surprised if he finished in the top 10 somewhere. Yeah. I don't think he'll settle for ninth. He won't settle for 13th. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, finish out with some hot takes. We don't have a ton of time left, so we're going to burn through these pretty quick. Uh, but speaking of Mark Marquez, just really quickly, I read an interview of his just uh, yesterday. He has no intention of being done. So his whole viewpoint is that I think that I still have greatness ahead of me, and I think that his thoughts at this point, I th- he may be ready just to move on from Honda. I don't know that he's going to, unless just something just magically turns around for him at Repsol, I think that he's probably going to be putting himself on the market pretty hard soon since his, he's got this year and next year, and then he's done. He may even attempt to try to break his contract if he can. Um, because that would be that talk about a silly season. Yeah, but because I think that he sees that Alex is doing well. Yeah, I think he sees that, but I think he knows that he doesn't have a whole lot of years left, so he wants to capitalize on the years he has. And do you think he's going to only settle for a factory team? Yeah. Okay. I don't think. I mean, he's he's Mark Marquez. That's true. But you think that most factory teams aren't aren't going to be willing to fire somebody to get Mark Marquez? <laughs> you know what I mean? The question is who's going to take him and where is he going to go? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the Yamaha is better than the Honda at this point. It's true. Not by much. But it is better. <laughs> but I don't think that will happen. Um, the thing that I could see if he was willing to just get into a Ducati is Jorge Martin going to Yamaha opens up the seat at Pramac which is as close as you're going to get to to being factory Ducati without being factory Ducati. Gosh, that would be wicked. <laughs> I don't know how long Inea's, uh contract is, though. I don't know if it's one or two years. If it's two years, that means that his contract ends at the same time as Mark, which kind of opens the door there for factory but Ducati. But would they take him? I don't know. It depends on how good Anaya is or how good Peko is. Ducati is notorious for just ditching people because they do bad. But, you know, all in all, what I, my point is, is we talked about last week whether or not we think that Mark is done. It doesn't matter what we think because Mark doesn't think that he's done. <laughs> so Bastianini's... Oh, wow. Bastianini and Bagnaia's contract both technically end in 2024. Yeah. Oh, by the end of the 2020 so there's season. potentially two, two seats open at Ducati. Yeah, I mean, if Pecco keeps up with his last performances. So basically, and, and it's not uncommon for Ducati to get rid of one of their riders to try and get somebody better in. So the question I think is, who would Ducati take first? Whoever's doing better. Jorge Martin or Mark Martin? Well, Jorge Martin's uh, contract ends this year. He's going to a factory seat this year. It's probably going to be Yamaha at okay. the end of this season. That's what I think. Could you imagine Mark Marquez in red? He's already kind of the bad guy in MotoGP. That would just solidify his his villainy. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine Pecco enjoying that much. So I don't know what we're going to see out of Mark, but he is bound and determined that he's got greatness ahead of him. So we'll see. My next thing is Warner Brothers is actually commissioning that they are going to be making a MotoGP-inspired movie that will release in 2025. That's going to be super cool. They're going to start is Tom Cruise going to be in it? I don't know. <laughs> My mom is just like, Tom Cruise needs to be in a MotoGP movie. That's what we need. Yeah, or Keanu Reeves. That would be great, too. Although, I did see John Wick 4. was not. See, I've heard that it's great. I've heard some people have said that it's like as good as the first one. This is not what we're talking about. Uh, the point is, is that they are making a MotoGP-inspired movie. I think what I've read is that they're going to start filming in 24 and it will release in 25 and that it's going to be following a Moto2 rider, which is kind of interesting. So uh, I think that that's pretty cool. I think they're going to show like the ideas. They're coming up through like the Junior Cups and all that and then getting into Moto2 and and so forth and so on. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool take on it. It actually highlights a part of MotoGP that doesn't always get a lot of love, but Moto2 races are exciting. Oh, yeah. So well, that's actually where I think one of my dad and I's friends, uh, Stephanie, who used to coach at California Superbike School, she works with a lot of the KTM Red Bull Cup mm. riders who are, are going to go into Moto2. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, so I... I think it's cool. We've talked about this. This is a really good way for them. I think that this is their attempt at doing what they did. They're finally taking our advice. Yeah. 
this is their attempt at you know doing what Rush did for Formula One uh, with Chris Hemsworth. They're making a movie that has to do with MotoGP, which will hopefully inspire people to watch MotoGP, which I think if it does well in theaters, they have a really good opportunity there. Uh, so I also... I, I didn't when I put my hot take in did not realize that we you had already put the, literally the exact same thing. <laughs> yes. So which is this? Uh, BMW has been doing great at Moto America. Alpha Racing. That's yes. a shout out to our friends. In, Absolutely. In Germany and in, uh, in Munich um, or Rosenheim, Alpha Racing has been absolutely killing it. Yeah. With Cameron Bobier. Ezra Bobier has also been doing extremely well. I think he just had a, a victory pretty recently. Um, so, I mean, it's really cool to see BMW doing really well in racing. Yeah, well, and, and that brings me to my hot take. BMW should be in MotoGP. I would love to see that. I think I, it makes me wonder if they're recent. In the last couple of years, it seems like they've really been upping their game as far as racing and things like that goes. And it makes me wonder if they're like preparing themselves for the big leagues, which would be MotoGP. I feel, I still think they have a lot to prove to BMW sure. Corp because still we have to remember at the end of the day, this is not a factory BMW team. Sure. The same way that in Moto America, you have a factory Yamaha team. This is still alpha racing. Um, so I think alpha racing, it'd be really cool if alpha racing and BMW were able to do something in MotoGP. Yeah. That'd be wicked. Which I don't think that that would be an issue. I think that it would still be considered a motor G- or a BMW team, right? Right. Um, and well, I think that that would be fine with me. But the way that they have looked, man, that shout out to Moto America real quick because you can actually go and watch uh, the Road Road Atlanta races on YouTube for free, and I would highly recommend it. I watched them. Man, race two was absolute fire. But here's what I'm going to say. The BMW doesn't look like it belongs there. It looks like it belongs on a MotoGP track. That thing is scary looking compared to everything else out there. Well, here is And that's not saying that it's necessarily faster or like extremely better than the the bikes that they it's competing with. They got that new inlet with. like that huge hole in the center. It looks like it belongs on a MotoGP track or a world superbike track even, you know. So there is there is the downfall. So they might be doing well in Moto America. World Superbike is still where they're they're falling quite a bit short. Scott Redding sure. is not a slow rider. He did pretty well when he was on Ducati actually giving Jonathan Ray and Top Rock Rasgatoliagu, gosh, it's such a hard name to say, uh, a really hard run for their money. Um, and I actually at one point thought he was going to win the championship. I don't think he was able to rein that in. But BMW struggles at the top. And I don't know what needs to change. Now, I still think going to Alpha Racing, I can tell that there are a lot of changes have been made. Gosh, I can't speak. A lot of changes have been made in the last few years. And one of those is they are no longer buying a bike with rear suspension and a lot of stock parts. When they, when they get the bike, they literally have a suspension thrown on the front and they literally have this metal bar that holds that where the rear suspension would be because they're just throwing that away anyway. Mm. So BMW has started to work because before they had to take the rear suspension that was there out, all the fairings off. There's, they don't even show up with fairings yeah, or handlebars. It's just it's literally a, a skeleton of a motorcycle that's basically the only thing that makes the M1000RR is the fact that there is an M1000RR engine right. in it. But they take that engine completely apart and they go and polish every single one of those parts so that there's no grooves or anything in it. And there's a huge process, but you can tell that alpha racing is really gearing up. They've also started doing business with some other companies. I don't know if I'm allowed to actually say, but I think the alpha racing growing has actually enabled them to do more in Moto America Potentially in World Superbike, I think I still think we've yet to really see the potential there. I mean, I just know that MotoGP desperately needs another manufacturer. There's people that are saying that Suzuki will eventually come back, which whatever. At this point, I'm frustrated with them so much because the the, the idea of, of that is that they're not gonna in, they're not gonna sell motorcycles unless they're competing somewhere. So they're the idea is that they will eventually come back. But honestly, BMW just seems like the right 
thing to come in. I mean, you've now got two KTMs with the Gas Gas team and KTM, and and it's like, man, why can't BMW just jump in there? And yeah, they're going to be rough. For, just like Aprilia was really rough for quite a few years, and Aleish stuck it out, and now it's a great bike. And I think that BMW would be that. It would be you know, several years of just struggle, 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 and then boom, they're going to be right there competing. So two things too. I think Kawasaki would equally be a really good one. I think that's, they I haven't, agree. They haven't, again, Kawasaki and BMW, Kawasaki used to be like, they were happy being in a uh, world Superbike because sure. they're winning all the time. And then Top Rock came in on Yamaha and actually started yeah, winning. Um, so now I feel like that might encourage them to not settle for World Superbike anymore. So I could definitely see them. And two is if that rule book comes out and Arrow goes away, that would be a fantastic time for a company like BMW or Kawasaki or I don't think Suzuki's coming back. I think they kind of shut the door on themselves for a good bit. But one of those two companies to come in because... They haven't been tainted with all the arrow. Yeah, there's no arrow. You don't have to do development on, on that. You're going to have Ducati is going to be like, oh, I don't know what to do now. Yeah. And so I think you're going to have a lot of scramble. And I think that's a great time for a MotoGP bike to enter in because, yeah. you know, you're not refiguring stuff out. You're kind of figuring it out at the same I time mean, as everybody else. I'm a proponent of seeing Kawasaki and BMW come in because oh, here's so the thing. Cool. There's so much talent out there right now. They just don't have enough bikes for them to ride. Uh, in MotoGP currently, and if you had two more manufacturers in there and you got four more bikes on the grid, oh, man, that would be awesome. <laughs> so I think that personally MotoGP needs BMW. I agree with you. I like that you threw Kawasaki in there. I think that's great too. Well, you know Kawasaki was actually in MotoGP, mm -hmm. and they were the last time they were in MotoGP was in 2009. Mm -hmm. So and they were good. Yeah, so they, <laughs> so they could come back, and there is actually history there. So. Yeah. So, but again, I would recommend if you just want to watch a great race that will keep you on your on your toes and you will be super excited watching. The coverage, visually, camera work isn't as spectacular as MotoGP because the funding isn't quite there. Yeah. However, it's intense watching the 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 race two, especially at the Road Atlanta for Moto America. Go watch it on YouTube. It's watch great. King of the Baggers. <laughs> that is fun. It is crazy how they ride the the beans out of those yeah. things. I mean, it's as big. I mean, Harley with their screaming eagle, eagle engine, it actually looks cool, and that makes me want to go out and buy a Harley. Yeah, I don't so, even. I don't. We don't want to, but so we just we talk a lot about MotoGP, but it's important when we see something great happening in something smaller like Moto America. So we want to shout that out and let you know you can watch it on YouTube. Go check it out. Also, if Dorna is going to hear one thing from this podcast, if they did somehow miraculously listen to this episode, it would be pay attention to Moto America, what they're doing. Having free ep free stuff on YouTube. Yes. Oh, my goodness. They, it just, gosh, that would be so nice. If they it could. made me want to watch Moto America more. Oh, yeah. Because I got to see things and I was like, whoa, I didn't realize how good that was, you know? So great. I agree. Uh, Dorna needs to release more free content here and again. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we're running out of time, Ty. Let's hear yours. Let's go. These are just kind of some some silly ones, but I think putting test riders in a race is kind of dumb. But it's necessary. Why is that? Because if they don't have the test riders in the race, they lose data for that track. That's fair on that bike. So that's the reason that they put them in. It's not because they expect their test riders to do well, unless their name is Cal Crutchlow. <laughs> they put them in there so that they continue to get the data for that track, because otherwise. They don't have the data from that bike for that track for that year. So next year when they go back, their data is two years old. I was just, you know, my brain was thinking kind of funny, like with Honda, with Stefan Brattle. Now you're paying Mark Marquez and Stefan Brattle, and you still have zero points. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all about the data. It's all about finding out what the bike will do. Does the data really matter to Honda at this point? Because I think they've, <laughs> they've had plenty of it, and they still can't make a bike. Right. The only way they can get a bike to work is if you have Alex Renz or Mark Marquez just wave their, wave their magical wand and make that thing go. <laughs> um, but will Best Giannini, I'm not saying he's going to be like the champion this year, but do you think he will be more consistent in the better rider between Pecco 
in him for the duration of the season. I know that's really hard to say because we literally haven't seen him ride yet. Yeah, I don't know that I can make a call on that. I think likely not uh, because he's going to be trying to come back from an injury, a pretty significant injury. So that's going to mess him up for a little while. I don't think he's going to be at where I think next year. I think we could see that. I think by the end of the season, maybe after summer break, he might really hit a stride. It's my least favorite part about MotoGP. Yeah. But it's going to be a little while, I think, before we see him really, really shine. Because like I said, you know, he's, you can basically consider he hasn't ridden since the test for the most part. So he's got like weeks and weeks and weeks of not riding. This is a depreciating skill. He's got to get that muscle memory back. He's got to get that endurance back. We don't know what his fitness is right now so I don't know that I would say that he's going to finish better than Pecco or be more consistent for the rest of the season because Pecco's really really good he's just got to get over his panic panic Pecco <laughs> I know we said Yamaha and the yips yeah but it looks like Pecco and the panic yeah so we'll see what happens but no I don't think that Bastianini will end the season better than Pecco most likely I, I will say I wouldn't be surprised if he did because I, I do think Pecco, I, he's he's going to probably do really, really well this season. He could still become the champion. He's I mean, he's in second place in the championship. I mean, he's the primary favorite still. But honestly, the only advantage that he has right now is that he's wearing red. I mean, he's good, though. He is good. I mean, we give him a hard time, but he's really good. He's got one chink right now, and that's the fact that two chinks. he panics under pressure and he crashes. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what the second one is other than drinking oh, and driving. Say, I thought you... <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say he crashed twice, you know, oh, two chains. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, Bastianini will be on the track in Spain, and we'll get to see what he's made of. So, yeah. let us know your thoughts, though. We want to know what questions you might have. Uh, if you have fantasy picks that you're like, y'all's are crazy, here's what we think. Let us know. You can catch us on social media, on Instagram, at wheel2wheelpodcast, and you can send us a DM, let us know your thoughts. Tell us what you want to hear about. If you're like, hey, this is something we'd like to know more about. If you want to hear more about Moto America every once in a while, that's not our focus, but we do love it. If you want and us to start a daily vlog, no, we, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and so if you want to hear more stuff about something specific, maybe you want to hear more about Silly Season, we will start talking about that more soon. But uh, we want to hear from you, so let us know. Our website will be coming up pretty soon. Uh, but in the meantime, we still do have access to listener support. That will be more accessible once the website is up. But right now you can head over to Instagram at wheel to wheel podcast and you can click on the link tree. That'll take you where you need to go for listener support. We would love it if you would help us. Like I said, the reason that some of these things are rolling out so slowly is because we don't we're not able to do it all at once because of funding issues and stuff. So if you want to help us grow the podcast faster, we would greatly appreciate your support financially through uh, that listener support portal. Uh, but other ways you can support us is just by listening. We appreciate that you listen, engage with us on social media, engage with us through the Fantasy League. Share it with your friends. Yeah, share it with your friends. Uh, rate the podcast. Uh, if you can write a review, that will throw us in the algorithm a lot better. So we would just appreciate you jumping in however you want to support us. And we will catch you on the next one for the post-race of Jerez. Gosh, I have no idea what's going to happen. 